If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Pasha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Pasha, only on 101.9 High FM. Good Erev Shabbos to all of you. Wonderful to spend some time with you this Erev Shabbos to share some ideas, to talk about the Torah portion, to talk about the events of the week. I begin with a bit of a sad note because I dedicate today's show to the beloved memory of a beloved member of our Chabad community, Tuchayim Shalom ben Zev, the late Chaim Sarki, who tragically passed away this week. He was a wonderful human being, a member of the community, a husband, a son, a father, a brother, a great member of Hatzalah, and we wish his entire family, his wife Liat, his parents, Michael and Rebecca, his brothers, his sisters, all who knew him, all who loved him, his brothers at Hatzala, everyone who was connected with him. We wish them all a long life. And may the wonderful memory of this very special human being continue to inspire, continue to uplift, and continue to bring goodness to all those who knew him and far beyond. May his memory be blessed. It's the nine days, the nine days that intensify the three weeks of mourning, and we draw closer to that incredibly sad day of Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av. It's a time that we have to recall tragic moments in Jewish history. Tragic in the sense that the temple is destroyed, God's presence, God's revealed presence is removed from the world. The Jewish people go into exile. A time and place of darkness, of confusion, of distortion, under the rule often of those who try to destroy the Jewish people. Exile is not only leaving the Holy Land. Exile is a state of being where the Jewish people don't feel a tremendous sense of dignity knowing who and what they are, living in worlds not their own, living in worlds where they try to copy the behavior, the ideas, the attitudes of societies that aren't always fully consistent with the will of God. Exile is a time, as said before, of distortion. And Tisha B'Av highlights that sad state of affairs. Tisha B'Av reminds us of the time that the temple was destroyed. What does it mean that the temple is destroyed? It's not only a structure, a building, a holy building that is raised to the ground. It's time that we think about the revealed presence of God is removed. The revealed presence of God, the revealed presence of God indicates clarity, the purpose of creation, why we are here, why God has brought this world into being, what it means that Jerusalem, the Holy Temple, is the center of the world, the center of focus of the Jewish people. All that goes into a state of, well, non-clarity. It's obscure. It's not clear anymore. The revealed presence of God isn't there. And this is why we begin to wonder, what's the purpose of exile? Why would God do this? Why would he take his people 
and send them into a place of distortion. And the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av is called Shabbos Chazan, the Shabbos of the vision. The reason we call it Shabbos Chazan is because it's based upon the opening words of the Haftarah that we will read tomorrow, Chazan Yeshayahu, the vision of Isaiah. And as I've often said, Isaiah lived a couple of hundred years before the destruction of the temple. But he saw that the destruction tragically was inevitable. And the reason the destruction was inevitable is because the people were behaving in a way which indicated they no longer fully respected what the temple stood for. They no longer fully appreciated and respected the revealed presence of God. Their behavior was somewhat hypocritical. Their behavior was not consistent with the will of God. There wasn't a sense of honesty, a sense of true devotion. And he cautioned the people. He said, all things may look fine right now, but with the passing of years, tragedy will come. And so it was. Years later, during the time of Jeremiah the prophet, the temple was overrun. The Babylonians came, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple. And the second time around as well, the Jewish people didn't behave as they should. And the temple was destroyed. What does that tell us? There is a tremendous interaction between our behavior and what happens to us and what happens in the world. What happens in the world is not, well, consequential only as a result of current events. It's very much a result of what we do and how we behave. This is what the prophet Isaiah is telling us. What happens in the world comes about as a result of how we actually behave in terms of our devotion to God. Are we doing that which he wants? Do we deserve to have the temple? Do we deserve to have the revealed presence of God? Do we deserve to have that great and glorious institution, the Beit HaMikdash? More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So Shabbos Chazon heralds this, well, intense sadness. And to a huge degree, so it should. But then along came the great Hasidic sage, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak Abarditchev, one of the disciples of the Maggid of Mizrich. And he said that he has a different interpretation to Chazon, the vision of the Shabbos. And what vision is he talking about? He says, based on Kabbalistic insights, that each and every single Jew is shown in vision the third temple that will be rebuilt with the coming of Mashiach. A vision not of destruction, but a vision of rebuilding a vision of the third temple that will be rebuilt with the coming of Mashiach. In other words, and this is something that we often talk about, 
not only seeing the obvious, but looking far beyond the obvious. Looking not only at that which appears, but looking at that which is beneath that which appears. Not looking at the superficial reality, but looking at the inner reality. And this is something which is so important for us to do. Because this world that God created is not only something which is shallow and obvious on a simple level. It has depth. It has levels beyond levels beyond levels. And with proper inner sight, with proper observation, we are able to see those inner levels. And this connects us so much to the Parsha of this week, the Parsha of Devarim, which opens up the fifth and final book of the five books of the Torah. The book of Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy, a very powerful book. It's because this book is the farewell. Moshe speaking to his people prior to, well, his physically leaving this world and the Jewish people about to enter the promised land. It begins with the words, These are the words that Moshe spoke to all of Israel. And he speaks about various geographic places and various times. And all the commentaries based upon the teachings of the sages tell us it's not merely geographic places and specific times. But there is a coded message over here a message and messages of rebuke. Ramosha reminds the people how they misbehaved at various times while they were traveling through the Midbar, through the wilderness, and how unfortunately they angered God, and how time after time he as a loving leader, as a dedicated advocate, stood before God and pleaded for the safety and defense of the Jewish people. But it was a coded admonition and rebuke to remind the people that they tragically misbehaved numerous times and to tell them you are about to begin a new chapter in the development and the history of the people coming into the land. Don't make that mistake again. Our sages tell us why did he speak in code? Why couldn't he tell them directly? It's because when you criticize someone, don't be too harsh. Be gentle. Speak, well, in a gentle sort of way. You don't have to be too graphic. You don't have to be too obvious. Be gentle. Otherwise, you might not be heard. Don't be too hurtful, because it will be counterproductive. That's the general view. But there's another dimension why it was in code. To teach us that Torah has to be seen not only in its literal sense, but within its coded sense as well. Each word in Torah is there on different levels. Of course, the literal sense, the pshat, 
must be taken literally. But there is different dimensions and hidden dimensions. And as we study, as we learn, we begin to understand that it's not only the literal word, but there are depths beyond depths beyond depths in each and every single word and sentence in Torah. And when we understand those, we begin to appreciate the richer dimensions of what Torah is telling us because this teaches us in life generally and how we view the experiences that we go through, not only to see them in the literal sense, in the obvious sense, but to see them in the deeper sense. In a word, the reality does not exhaust the reality. There's a reality beyond the reality. There is something beneath the service. There is something beneath that which we see. There is a deeper truth. There is a deeper meaning. That which we see is there, of course. But there is something far richer, far deeper, far greater. And it takes dedication. It takes courage. It takes selfless devotion to recognize and to see that greater depth. And this is something that we have to learn again and again and again. This is why Moshe speaks to the Jewish people in code. Not only to be mild, of course, to be mild in the criticism and the rebuke, but also to teach them how to see life generally. Life can't be taken literally, because then it becomes, in a sense, meaningless. If all that we see, if all that we experience, if all that we go through is shallow, is on the surface, then what is it? Life becomes a shallow experience. But if we begin to understand that there is meaning and depth behind that which we see and experience, life takes on an altogether greater purpose. Because it's not the obvious only. It's the deeper meaning as well. And this is how we encounter exile. God takes us into challenging situations, not because he's going to punish us only. It's not a punishment. But in the experience of exile, there is opportunity that is often far greater than we have in a situation of non-exile. Moshe speaks about the experiences of the past. Because often we understand life by looking at the past. It's difficult to understand life in prospect, to see life in the future. We don't really know what the future will bring. But when we look at the past, the journeys that we've gone through, individually and as a people, we begin to understand more and more what really happened at the time. When the people were taken down to Babylon in chains, it was an experience of tremendous, tremendous pain, physical pain, spiritual pain. 
leaving the land of Israel, leaving the holy city of Jerusalem, watching the temple burning, going into exile under the reign of an enemy nation, Babel. And yet, what happened in Babel? Some of the greatest teachings, some of the greatest knowledge developed. The Talmud itself, Talmud Bavli, the Talmud without which we don't understand Torah, where was that developed in the great academies of the sages that lived in Babel? Because the opportunities that we have in situations of difficulty are often far greater than the opportunities that we have in situations of liberty and liberation. At the time, we may not see this or understand it. At the time, we see only the superficial difficulty that we go through. But in retrospect, when we look at the past, when we understand the inner code, the deeper dimension, how Moshe speaks to his people in code to teach them how to look at Torah, how to look at life, we begin to understand more and more about the various levels of experience, the various levels of Torah, the various levels of life. This is what the great Rabbi Levi Yitzhak Abarditchev teaches us when he says that we are all shown a vision of the third temple. Do we see it? Not if we don't want to see it. In order to see it, we have to work very hard at seeing it. It's not something which comes easily or automatically because when we look, we see the destruction of the temple. But if we want to see the third temple, we have to work hard at seeing that. We have to see the inner hand of God. We have to see the inner purpose of God. We have to see the inner dimension of God's creation. And that takes, as I said before, dedication, study, courage, a selfless approach, an honest approach, an approach of, well, devotion. And that takes effort. But with that effort comes tremendous great reward because the vision that we have is altogether deeper and greater than the vision that we have right now. But it's our choice. Do we want to see the obvious, the shallow, the surface, or do we want to see the depth? Do we want to see the richness of the inner levels, the inner dimensions, the inner beauty? that hides behind the facade of difficulty. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So we're talking about how to see things in an altogether different light, how to see things in a positive light, how to see things beyond the obvious, how to see life completely differently. And this is something that we have to learn again and again and again. We have to teach ourselves. We have to teach others. We have to become that type of individual 
that doesn't only see the obvious. When you see the obvious, as I mentioned before, life becomes meaningless. It becomes, well, life becomes all you experience on the surface of things. There is no depth, there is no meaning, and it's only way beyond the experiences that you've gone through that you begin to have some understanding. But really, when you have the ability to see the depth, to see the inner dimensions of what life is all about, when you have the dedication of seeing the inner dimensions of what Torah is all about, then it's altogether different. One of the reasons why temple was destroyed, particularly the second temple, is because there was an absence of Ahabat Yisrael, of proper love between each other. People didn't behave well. Third Chabad Rebbe, the Tzamech Tzedek, the great Tzamech Tzedek, told us the following. You know, in Hebrew, a letter can often stand for a complete word. And the letter Aleph stands for Ahabat Yisrael, and the letter Bez stands for Bracha. Now, this past week we celebrated, on Wednesday we celebrated Rosh Chodesh Av, the month of Av that we are in. And the Tzamech said the Aleph of the month of the name Av stands for Avat Yisrael, and the Bez of Av stands for Bracha. When we increase in Avat Yisrael, then God increases in bracha, in the blessing that he gives each and every one of us. Without question, as individuals, as a people, in fact, the entire world, what we desperately need is added bracha, blessings from God. Whether it's a question of, well, health, whether it's a question of nachas from children, whether it's, well, living. Each and every one of us in some area of life needs a bracha. All together as a people, the entire world needs a bracha. And as I mentioned earlier on, what happens in this world is based upon the consequences of how we behave. And what we have to add is Ahabat Yisrael. And Ahabat Yisrael, on a basic level, is caring for each other with a sense of love and concern. Not to be isolated, not to be, well, indifferent, but to actually care. To care about what happens to each other. To look out for each other. To think about the welfare of those well, separate from ourselves, to create a sense of unity and allow this unity to become the hallmark of our lives, particularly this year, the year of Hakel, the year of assembly, the year of coming together, particularly at this time of the year, the month of Menachem Av, the nine days, the days leading up to Tisha B'Av. It's a time where what we need more than anything else is Ahabat Yisrael. And Hashem will respond with bracha. Hashem will respond with blessing. And this is what we so desperately need. And as we look through the entire parsha of Devarim, 
It speaks again and again. How Moshe reminds the people they were victorious in battles. And when they come into the promised land, they should be fearless. Under the leadership of Joshua, God will continue to show tremendous blessing and victories. And this is something that we ourselves need, look for, and pray for. Victories in our own lives. Victories in every sense of the word. Victories not only in battle, we don't want battle. But victories in the sense that we overcome negativity, we overcome the inability to live life to the fullest with a tremendous sense of joy. So, when you're in shul tomorrow, listen to the Parsha. Listen to the Parsha and listen to it well. Every single sentence in Moshe's farewell speech has tremendous meaning on so many different levels. And as I always say, listen carefully to that particular portion that speaks to you individually and directly. It has something important to tell you. And don't forget to listen to the Haftarah. And when you hear the words, Chazon Yishayahu, the vision of Yishayahu, yes, for a moment, think about his vision, the destruction of the temple. But then also think about those glorious words, of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak Abarditchev, the vision of the third temple, which is being shown to you, but it takes a bit of effort. It's a magnificent Shabbos. Use it well. Listen to the words. Listen to the words and listen to the words beyond the words. Something special is being told. The Shabbos.